Amen. Thank you, Brother Kevin. And that is a truth. The longer you serve him, the sweeter it does grow. Well, it's our privilege today to have Evangelist Jamie Jackson with us. I got to meet him uh, in Jacksonville at the old Berean Baptist College, it was then, and uh, got to meet and know him. We had him in here on a Wednesday night back there several years ago with uh, representing the college. And uh, so I've uh, heard about him, known about him off and on over the years, and uh, now he's in full-time evangelism. Uh, was just last week doing meetings up in Montana. Now, you really ought to wait till January or February to do that in Montana, okay? But um, uh, he, he was uh, quite busy. They use him in summer camps uh, in a lot of places, too. And he's just uh, a man of God. I really appreciate him and his stand for the Lord. I uh, know a little bit of his testimony, and it's great. But I can tell you this. He knows the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. That's the most important thing. I know the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. So he's my brother. So I want to uh, ask my, my brother, to come, my big brother, to come up and preach to you, okay? So brother, what you laughing about? Can't you see the semblance? Okay. Amen. What a privilege it is to, to be here. What a privilege it is to be in a place where you actually know exactly how your hydration is going by the sweat that you have on you. Can I tell you this? God has a sense of humor. I am 6'9", and I am terrified of heights. <laughs> then God calls me to help at a camp in Montana in the mountains on top of all that. So you can only imagine, um, while I was there, boy, we obviously... You know, God came down and he met with us for multiple weeks there. But as I was there, some people asked me, they're like, how in the world are you walking around with a hoodie on? It is so hot. We got record levels of heat. And I was like, don't tell me about heat. <laughs> I was like, we know what true heat is with humidity and stuff. But thank God for America. Amen. I still believe that there's hope. Amen. I'm not one of these people that... Believe that God can't show up today like he did yesterday. Amen. I'm one of those people that believe that God can even show up greater than what he even has shown up in the past. Why? Because this world is darker than it's ever been. But if we do our jobs, we can be the brightest thing that they've ever seen in their entire life. Well, I invite you, if you can be here every single time this week when we gather, boy, if you could meet with us that would be awesome but if you can't can you please pray boy we used to have a thing back in the day and what i even been told about some people called prayer warriors boy they could pray anything down from heaven boy oftentimes boy i still love going to church and they're like hey you want to get to know that person boy they can get a hold of heaven boy you want to you do you have a prayer request or something going on boy this is another person boy you would want them to be praying those of you who are there, those of you who have that title, will you please pray for us? Boy, our nation needs young people to stand and to serve God. Our nation needs people just like you and I have where we decide to put God on the throne and we never take him down. It's never a question. It's never a thought. Boy, he's still on the throne and let us serve him 
like he's there. Boy, today, that's what it seems like. People, yeah, they may still have him on the throne. Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely saved. But it seems like we've taken him down in our prayer life. We've taken him down in our actions. You say, Brother Jackson, when are you going to open the Bible and, and, and start preaching? Let's do that now. First Kings, First Kings chapter 18 is where we're going to be. While you're turning there, I'd like to say thank you for the opportunity that I have to love on your loved ones. Oh, I'm not trying to do anything that your pastor administration haven't done before. I'm simply just another voice asking these kids to invest, asking these kids to open themselves up to the greatest thing that we've ever seen and heard. Oh, as I travel through the mountains and the valleys, whether it was in Wyoming or South Dakota or, the Mon or Montana, that state, by the way, is absolutely huge. I mean, we think of uh, Florida and how wide and how crazy things are here. Boy, I went from one place to another uh, two days ago, and it was 12 and a half hour drive to get from point A to point B. Boy, can I tell you this? Boy, our God is a mighty, mighty great creator. Boy, when I was there, I seen mountains that made me shake. Oh, I, I, I could just imagine being on top of that mountain. Boy, I was absolutely afraid. Did I tell you I'm afraid of heights? Because it's true. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. People are like, how in the world can you be afraid of heights and be that tall? Hey, listen, sister. By the way, isn't it great that I can say that and people actually know what I'm talking about? You know, up there, they're like, I'm not your sister. I'm like... When that safety railing that you have, you know how it hits you, you know, very comfortably in your chest. Some of you, you may be a little bit shorter. Boy, it, it hits you up here. Well, that safety railing oftentimes hits me here. And boy, I know that we are top heavy, so now you get a glimpse <laughs> of what goes on in our life. First Kings chapter 18, if we could sum up this chapter into four different things, it would be this. It would be Elisha's return to Ahab. That would cover verses 1 through 14. Verses 15 through 19 would be Elisha's reprove of Ahab. This is God's man worried about his people. To the point where he said, God, please get their attention. Whichever shape, form, or fashion. Maybe today everything that we're going through is just somebody who got a hold of God. And he's trying to get our attention again. And then we go to where we're going to be, which is the contest on Mount Carmel. That is verse 20 through 24. And then, of course, the last thing we see or the last part of this chapter would be Elisha's pray, prayer for rain. I invite you to begin reading with me <clears throat> or to, to follow with me in verse 21. It says, And Elisha came unto all the people and said, How, lo how long hot ye between two opinions? If, God, if the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. Boy, couldn't that be put in today's term? Oh, I'm not talking about China. I'm not talking about Japan. It's pretty sad studying from history that I'm standing here in 2021. Obviously, some people would say this is supposed to be the best time of our lives, but yet this is very appropriate in such a day as today. If God be God, follow him. If he be Lord, live like it. 
If he be Lord, act like it. If he be Lord, be called a Christian again. If he be Lord, dress like it. If he be Lord, show it in your stance. But yet we have Christians today who instead of serving God, we serve what they call humanistic theology. Oh, if I can explain, well, I mean, God really wouldn't do that. Really? We're talking about the same God who threw a fit in the church. We're talking about the same God who called those people who came to see him generation of vipers. Why? Why would God do such a thing like that? Because they didn't come to see him. They came to see his works. Boy, it seemed like today, boy, we use God as a genie. Lord God, please just work or whatever. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. But whenever I need you, boy, I'm going to pull you out. Woo-hoo! Lord God, please help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Parents, how does that work? Your child doesn't clean their room. Your child doesn't do anything. Boy, they're disrespectful. And then all of a sudden, hey, mom, dad, listen, I love you guys. You're so awesome. Can I have some money? You'd be like, excuse me? Excuse me, honey? Honey, your child, you, you know how the parents, your child just said this. It would be insane. Yet we see the man of God, by the way, in love, telling his people. When you love somebody, you tell them the truth. If you're a real friend to somebody, you won't tell them things that tickle their ears. Like, oh, girl, you look good. That's what we think an enemy would do. Oh, yeah, brother. Wear those jeans. <laughs> Whoop, man, you see him, he's expecting a flood. What's wrong with him, man? That's absolutely caprice or not for him. I mean, it's just, it would be absolutely crazy. But yet we find Elisha. We find this man of God burdened for his people. Literally to the point where now, not only has he prayed for God to hold back the rain, but now he's in front, of, in front of them, challenging them. Oh, now I imagine he's probably spent time with God and he said, Lord God, it seems like they're not getting the point when it comes to, Lord God, you holding back the rain. So Lord God, we're going to have to do a confrontational, uh, we believe in confrontational soul winning. This will be confrontational speaking. Boy, he's in front of them. And then, of course, he offers a challenge to them. Oh, to get their attention. He said, hey, you 450 idols that we read here that are worshiping Baal, boy, they've gotten the people's attention. They've started distracting the people. The people are starting to turn from God's way. By the way, these aren't like heathen people. These aren't the Pharisees and everything. These are supposedly people who once had their eyes focused on God. And now because of things have decided to distract them, you know, life. Now all of a sudden we see them getting their eyes off their main focus. Now the man of God being the man of God, he wants to grab their attention. So in verse 23, we begin reading, it says, Let them therefore give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it into pieces. Boy, of course, this is the man of God saying, hey, in order to get your attentions, let's do this. Oh, if this was the West, it would be a great Western duel. It'd be good versus evil. Boy, this would be that time. 
All of a sudden we see Elisha, the man of God, saying, Hey, you God think your God or your little gods that you serve is correct. But I know that my Lord is true. Amen. Let's settle this for all. Let's settle this in front of everybody. That way we leave no doubt. Whose God is God? Build an altar, put bullocks on top of it, put these animals on top of it. And now when they're on top, oh, don't light a fire or do anything. Pray it down. Pray it down from your God and I'll pray it down from my God. First of all, in order to put yourself in that circumstances, you had to know your God. Boy, if it was set up today, someone gave you a phone call. And they said, I need you to pray for my daughter. I need you to pray for my son. You can tell that they're hurting. You can tell that their heart is broke. And they ask you to get a hold of heaven. Could you? Oh, I, in today's time, we don't need to know. Well, I think I could. Well, maybe. Let me ask you this. Is that good enough for your relative? If somebody says, well, I think I, I, well, I, I believe. I'll be like, brother, I don't want to hear I believe or I think. I want to I hear I can know. Amen. So here's Elisha. By the way, being doing what any of us, hopefully, who are yielded to God would do. He issues this challenge. By the way, he's against all odds. It's 450 against one. Oh, he is outnumbered. The world would say, what are you doing? You're absolutely crazy. Those are not good odds. But with God, we can do all things. All things are possible. And now we see him coming to the point where he's issued this challenge. The people have now said it is well spoken. Everybody understands the terms. And boy, Elijah being a great gentleman, he said, all right, ladies first. And boy, we see these 450 people stepping up to the altar. And boy, they stepped up. And boy, they, they begin to worship their God and, and worship their God. And boy, it got to the point where nothing happened. Nothing moved. Nothing happened. Can I ever ask you this? You ever been waiting on something and nothing happened? You ever been out of red light? And that red light, it seemed like it's been the longest red light in the United States red light history. And it always seems like when you're in a rush, well, you get stopped and you're like, come on, come on, go green, go green, go green. Now, mm, green, something wrong with this thing? Now, if I run it, a cop's going to be right around the corner and you begin to like look around and make sure or whatever. And then finally the light turns green. Boy, we become people, even in society where... Boy, patience is, <laughs> is not a thing of choice. Oh, some of you, you let me pull out in front of you or, or wait too long when I'm getting out of church and you guys will be the ones, hey, something wrong with your preacher? Go around, go around him. We find Elijah here coming to the point Where I could only imagine he's probably becoming a little bit impatient. Look at this craziness. They say they serve a God. How long does it take for them to answer? Then all of a sudden, you know how, it, how when you're mad at somebody 
And boy, you at first, you're just like, I can't believe them. Why in the world would they say that? I'm not going to do nothing. And your wife is like, behave, behave. She can see it starting to boil up and then finally just boils over. Hey, what's wrong with you? And then finally we see Elijah here saying, hey, what's wrong with your God? Oh, is he sleeping? Is he on vacation? Boy, what in the world's happening? And boy, I don't know about you, but I love sports. And we'll talk about that later. But sports were the very, very big part of my life. And boy, the one thing that sports has is trash talking. Boy, I'm one of those people. I may not talk as much trash, but I love to get that trash talk to me. Why? Because it elevates your game. Boy, it makes you rise to new heights. Sometimes it's for your benefit, but most of the time when I was playing basketball, oh, it'd be for my benefit. Boy, I'd want to dunk on you. Boy, I would want to show you wrong person to talk trash to. All of a sudden, we see Elisha here, boy, with these people, and boy, he begins to talk trash to them. And boy, we all of a sudden see them doing things that are unimaginable, cutting themselves and boy, doing all these crazy things. And once again, nothing happened. Oftentimes I tell people this, when's the last time you got prayer answered? I was like, when's the last time you accepted the Lord as your Savior? You're like, Brother Jackson, it only takes one time, exactly. I was like, boy, if you never accept him as your Lord and Savior, that's why your prayers aren't being answered. Because you're not one of his children. All of a sudden we see Elisha there, and of course when we see uh, Elisha there, nothing happens. And now all of a sudden the Bible says, and the evening has come. By the way, the evening time, even back then, that was the time where they stopped everything and they worshiped God. And now all of a sudden we see Elisha coming there during that time of normal worship. And we see Elijah calling down upon the name of the, the, name of the Lord. And we find it in verse 37. It says, hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their hearts back. Then all of a sudden the Bible says something interesting. He didn't say amen. He wasn't even finished with his prayer. Then all of a sudden says that then the fire of the Lord came down and consumed, consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. Can you imagine? Oftentimes through history, I put myself there. Boy, I love the military. Boy, if anybody, any one of you have ever served, you know, thank the Lord for your sacrifice. By the way, the families, thank you too. The first responders, anybody like that, boy, thank you so much for your hard work, for your dedication, for your sacrifice. Boy, I oftentimes put myself in those people's situations. Boy, I hear different things and great battles and stuff. Boy, would I, I mean, would I would have retreated or would I have stood there with those men? Boy, I would think that I would stand there and I would fight with those guys. Boy, I often put myself there. Boy, not only there, but boy, when I read the Bible, when I, and I hear these, these stories that are being told that are, that are true, boy, I put myself in there too. Boy, what would I have done? Boy, oftentimes I think of this story. Boy, I think of, man, you're praying and then all of a sudden, boy, God comes down in a great and mighty way and he does that. Boy, can I give you a little bit uh, inside my head when I think of this story? All of a sudden, boy, I'm praying, Lord God, please help. Lord God, please do something. And then all of a sudden, 
Boy, I can only imagine, boom, dust probably flew up everywhere because the Bible said he licked up everything. So we all know when it gets really, really dry, boy, things, boy, just fly around, dust, sand everywhere. But all of a sudden it goes all over the place and then it begins to settle. And then y'all or the people there can see Brother Jackson's face. And boy, they would see this. It would be... Yeah! Whoa! Did you just see what my God did? Did you just see? Boy, I prayed it down. Boy, I prayed it down from heaven. Whoa! Look at that! Boy, I'd be picking up everything. Boy, I'd be going crazy. Hey, Michael Jackson wouldn't have been the first one to moonwalk because I would have moonwalked right then. It would have been absolutely great. But here in a second, we don't find Elijah doing that. We find Elijah doing something else. Oh, Elijah must have served a pretty big God. Oh, today, is your problems coming to the point where they're becoming bigger than God? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling like you're against the odds? Today, they tell us, well, science says, well, science says, well, science says, well, can I tell you this? They tell us that science says that we at least need four basic elements to survive. Water, air, food, and light. But when I read my Bible as a Christian, my Bible tells me that he is the living water. He is the breath of life. He is the bread of life. And he is the light of this world. Amen. Boy, if this is the case, what are we worried about? If this is the case... Why don't, we, why don't we confirm in his word of God, take it to him, and rest easy? He's already given us the manual of life. Oh, the problem is, is we have forgotten how big our God truly is. Oh, if our God was so big that he could supply all of our needs, and we trust him like that, then what are we worried about? Oh, can I tell you what the Bible says about our, our, our God? The Bible says that he's the king of Jews. The Bible says that he's the king of righteousness. The Bible says that he's the king of ages. The Bible says that he's the king of heaven. The Bible also says that he's the king of glory, and he is the king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. Hey, can I tell you this? His love endureth forever. The Bible says that he enduringly, he is enduringly strong. He is eternally steadfast. Oh, he's unbelievably grateful. Grateful for who? For a sinner like me and you who deserves to go to that awful place called hell. But there's one who came. There's one who came. By the way, he didn't need to come, but he came willingly. For who? For you and for me. And bless the Lord, if we accept his gift, I can call you brother and mean it. I can call you sister and rejoice. Why? Because we have a very, very big God. Can I tell you this? His power is unlimitless. Oh, how in the world can a God supply all of our needs absolutely at the same God? Oh, he must be a mighty big God. Oh, he must be eternally steadfast. How can you be the Alpha and the Omega? How can you be from the beginning to the end? You want to blow your mind? When is the beginning? When will the end come? What will happen after that? Hey, according to the Bible, we don't have to worry about it because our Heavenly Father already has it taken care of. Those of you who like comic books, those of you who like Batman and Superman, can I tell you this? Batman and Superman are a bunch of weirdos compared to my God. Amen. Oh, the, literally they're a bunch of weirdos hanging around 
with their pajamas on at night compared to how big our God is. The Bible says that he's unbelievably merciful. The Bible says that he's God's son, but he's also the son of God. The Bible says that he's the champion of champions. He's unparalleled. He's unmatched. The Bible says that his mercy endureth forever. The Bible says that he's the word. He's the truth. He's the light. And if he's all these different things, then why do we go through life with a poopy face? Why do we go through life saying that everything is wrong when we have a savior? Or if we truly trust our savior, why don't we pray like it? Why don't we act like it? Why don't we be called a Christian again? How's your prayer life? Oh, if God is no respecter of individuals, oh, and he answered Elijah like that, I wonder how he wants to answer our life, literally praying down fire in our life. But we won't be the one who sacrificed. He sacrificed for us. Our problem is we won't sacrifice the world. Our problem is we won't sacrifice our friends. Oh, you know, some of those worldly things that you do that you probably shouldn't even do. You say, well, Brother Jackson, name them. The Holy Spirit has already named them in your heart. These things are keeping our prayer lives handicapped. These things are hindering us from walking and talking with God. Do you realize that the power of God is not just for the man of God? It's for you too. All the verses where you look up the power of God, it doesn't say for the chiefs and the priests and all these different things. Boy, it talks about if any should come. Oh, not only is this foundation solid the bible says that he's available today he's available for the tempted and the tried oh he heals the sick and he'll heal the sick again oh he forgives the sinner and he hasn't stopped forgiving the sinner he's still alive he's still real he's still here with us you say how in the world do you know according to his promises it says wherever two or more are gathered there he will be also hey our lord is with us the problem is some of us don't act like it maybe it's because some of us don't really know him oh today i don't have time to go over all the different things that i could say about our Lord and our God. By the way, it didn't take me very long or whatever. By the way, some of you who say, hey, Brother Jackson, I'm going through problems. I'm going through situations. I'm going through everything. Can I tell you this? Start a list about what God has done for you. Amen. Man, got a roof over my head. Check. I hope everybody's got clothes on. Check. <laughs> Man, I'm here, so I got a ride. Check. Man, I'm hungry, but I did eat. Check. Boy, God has been so good to us as a nation, as a church, even as an individual. But if God be God, let's follow him. Boy, I'm so excited about this week. Why? Because we need that next generation to rise up. The way the generations have risen up before. I'm not asking you to do anything that someone didn't ask me and challenge me to do. Oh, Brother Jackson, you just asked us to pray. Hey, you know why? Because prayer changes things. 
boy, when I see a quick evaluation of this chapter, after I threw a, not a hissy fit, but boy, I, I can see now why they say there's dancing. When the Bible talks about, you know, some of the people that were dancing, boy, when you start thinking about God and you start thinking about how good he is and start thinking about what he's done for you and what he's done for your family, you say, Brother Jackson, God really hasn't done anything for me. Hey, are you saved? Boy, if he just came down on earth and just gave us salvation, that's the world. Amen. Oftentimes we mention heaven, and we should. It's a glorious place. The Bible says that we can't even imagine everything that's there. But you know the Bible mentions one place more than it mentions heaven. It mentions hell. Brother Jackson, the scholars say that you should mention hell. It defends people. It makes them worried. You know what? Sometimes it's good to be worried. I'd rather you be worried and concerned and have the Holy Spirit impressing upon you to accept Lord God instead of you going into eternity with a smile on your face and doom forever. Oh, I got to do my job just like you have to do your job. Oh, the first thing that I see... Is Elijah going even back before this even started? In verse 13 it says, Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand, I surely will shew myself unto him today. Boy, he must have a good relationship with him. Boy, the first thing I say, boy, he must know him as a Savior. Today, it was just me and you, one-on-one. And I was to ask you, when was the time when you accepted the Lord God as your Savior? Is there a time? Is there a place? Well, I'm one of those people, Pastor, where I can't give you like, you know, June 24th at 7 p.m. You know, the sun was just setting. Well, I, I, I can't do any of that. But I am one of those people that can tell you, hey, in Victory Baptist Church in North Augusta, South Carolina, boy, it was junior church. Boy, I was just a four-year-old or five-year-old. I can't really remember. Everything's kind of a little hazy back in, back in those days. Boy, boy, I can remember, boy, sitting on the back room. And I don't know about you, but the person that won me to the Lord, boy, he was very famous. His name was Brother John, and we used to call him John the Baptist. Boy, I tell people I got saved by John the Baptist. Boy, he said, hey, if you can understand the words that I am saying and you walk out of that door and you get hit and all of a sudden you die he said hell will be the place if you haven't accepted Jesus he's like I know some of you are saying well brother Jackson I don't walk I don't walk <clears throat> you know from here he said hey those of you who ride a bus those of you who ride a, a motorcycle those of you who ride a bike boy he broke it down in every shape form or fashion and he said if you understand what I'm saying and you don't accept that gift he said, and something were to happen to you, he's like, you're going to split hell wide open. Right. Boy, I don't know about you. Boy, at that point in time, I didn't want to go to hell. Boy, he started talking about how the worm and, boy, how all the sensation, boy, all of us have that unnatural sensation, you know, uh, falling. How many of you have ever had that dream where you wake up where you feel like you're falling? <laughs> Almost look like you're slain in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. You know, how they, how they say. Why? Because it's an unnatural feeling. 
We're not supposed to do that. That's why I don't like heights. It's in the Bible. <laughs> Boy, we see him as Savior. Boy, we find him unsatisfied with the status quo. You say, what do you mean by that? He was outnumbered. He could have easily been like, I got mine. I'm good. I'm saved. I know the Lord. I walk with him. I talk with him. He tells me I'm his own. Woo! I'm good to go. But we find him unsatisfied where he was because there was still work to do. Boy, not only did he pray down fire, but he didn't stop there. Why? Because there was still work to do. Oh, I imagine he probably, hey man, thank you, Lord, for showing up one more time. Woo! And boy, I imagine as he was probably making his way back up to the place where he always met with God on Mount Carmel. You're like, why in the world would he do that? I imagine it was just a place where he could get away and be with God. Where's your prayer closet? Where's the place that you meet with God? Boy, I have one or two places that I meet with God, and boy, I kind of get like a Baptist when you take their seat before church. You know how it is, Pastor. I mean, they, they won't do it in front of Pastor because they know Pastor will say something. That visitor comes in or whatever, and they sit down, and they're walking into church. Isn't God... Do they not know? This is my seat. I mean, I would put a sign on it, but Pastor has taken it down three times already. <sighs> the nerve of some people. Well, boy, that would be us. Or that should be us. Boy, with me in my prayer closet, I'm like, man, I don't want anybody to interrupt that time, that precious time. Can I tell you this? <clears throat> boy, I remember when I was with the college, I would have... I would be in the, the front dormitory, and in the back, there was a little bit of a walkway. And boy, I would begin to walk. And boy, I was like, Lord God, it's the cool of the day. Lord God, you met with Adam and Eve. Oh, Heavenly Father, will you please meet with me? And boy, I would talk. And boy, every now and then, I would have somebody, a freshman or somebody, hey, how's it going? You doing all right? Woo, can't wait for school. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> they're like, oh. I'm like, look, go away. And they're like, what? Ooh, somebody's grumpy. No, <laughs> that was my time with God. It's precious to me. Sometimes because of life, that time is taken away. Oh, oftentimes I'll get a phone call. You know, that phone call early in the morning. Hey, so-and-so, you know, expecting. Boy, I would run to the hospital and boy meet with them and then all of a sudden you know after meeting with them it clicked something's not right about today something's missing <gasps> my bible reading boy I immediately would leave them and spend time with God why boy I challenge you if you start the day with them when you get something that you can take with you the whole day to meditate on sweeter than a honeycomb. Sometimes it saves me. I'll read something and it'll be like, 
You know, God will say, you know, talk about wrath and, you know, not opening your mouth. And, you know, <clears throat> and then all of a sudden I get into a situation and I'll be like, Ay! Like I read my Bible. <laughs> like I got Jesus with me. Woo! Boy, today. How long are you going to be between two opinions? God be God. Let's serve him. God be God. Let's show up wherever he is. Hey, back in the day, you used to say this. Takes three to thrive. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Or Brother Jackson, I just have all this stuff. Three to thrive. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Can you imagine being in this world with COVID and not having a relationship with God? Right. Now I get it why people are like, where's your mask? Oh my goodness. I'm all for the freedom that you have. That's America. That makes us what? Hey, brother, if you want to wear a Jewish thing, you know, and you're not Jewish, wear it. Be happy. That's our freedom. But some people, whoo, man, they get absolutely crazy. I saw him. I shook his hands. He wasn't like, where's your mask at? <laughs> Don't you know what the statistics say? You know why? Because when I think about it, and if you don't know God, and you don't have God, boy, that really changes things. Now you really are afraid. Don't get me wrong. I'm not volunteering to be the next person on the next bus to go to heaven. But I'm just trusting God. By faith. How is your faith? Boy, for some reason, God kept wanting me to talk about prayer. How's your prayer life? Well, I'm not talking about somebody that's backslidden. Well, I'm not talking about the people that's not in the house of God. I'm talking about the people that are serving God now. You get that phone call from a family member. I know that you're a Christian. I know you go to that Baptist church. Can you get a hold of God? Can you get a hold of God? It's my little one. Can you get a hold of God? What would your response be? You can fake it with me. You can fake it with pastor. But in moments like that, it becomes real. The one thing that I tell people when I go to different colleges is I tell them this. They're like, what's one of the hardest things you have to do as an evangelist? I'm like, well, it's not the hardest thing. I was like, but the number one thing is to be, have that consistent walk with God. To where whenever you're needed, you know he is there with you. Brother Jackson, we have this problem. Brother Jackson, we have this. Brother Jackson, we have that. I have this story that probably lasts two minutes, and then we're done. Pastor, when you talk about rejecting the Holy Spirit and, and that boy, I'm of the point where the true rejecting or quenching of the Holy Spirit would be not accepting him as your Lord and Savior. I got off the plane, and I was somewhere, just to, you understand why I'm very vague with this. Well, I got off the plane. When I got off the plane, boy, they had <clears throat> lost my luggage. Go figure. And boy, here I am. Boy, with just the clothes that I have, that were now late, and we're meeting a couple. 
um, to help them with something going on in their life. And boy, when we meet there, the pastor's like, hey, we have to, we have to get going. We have to get going. I, I, I apologize Not, you know, to them. Boy, we hopped in the van and boy, his parents were going to meet us at this place. And we walked through the place. Boy, we walked through and, and immediately they spotted me out. And they're like, hey, sir, you can't have those on. And I was like, well, this is all I have. And they're like, well, you look like the people in here, so you can't have those on. So he said, but I have something for you. And he goes and he grabs me some pants. And when he grabs me the pants, boy, I come back out and I can see the pastor kind of snicker a little bit. And because when he snickered a little bit, because the pants, I mean, they were like all the way up here. And I'm like walking around expecting a flood. And I'm like, man, this isn't a very good look, you know. So I walked through a metal detector and I walked through one or two other things and they put us in this room. And boy, in this room has a long, you know, <clears throat> white uh, desk, if you would say. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there with his parents and the pastor. And this young man comes walking in. He's wearing an orange jumpsuit. Boy, he's got these deformed bracelets on that connect in the middle and then they connect all the way down to the ankle. And boy, here we are. And he's coming in and I'm like, man. I didn't think to ask what we were getting ourselves or what I was getting myself into. Then he comes and he sits down and they chain him to the table, which means that he would be considered dangerous. So they chain him to the table and I'm like, Lord, be with me. He said, you're an evangelist? I mean, the first thing, it wasn't, hi, mom, hi. He's like, you're an evangelist, right? Yes, sir, I am. Tell people, don't be like me. I'm like, sir? He's like, tell people, don't be like me. I'm like, well, I mean, of course. He said, no, no, no. He said, I was doing things wrong, and I would go to church, and it seemed like the preacher was preaching right at me. The Holy Spirit was literally speaking to me. He's like, man, it would make my heart race. It would make me feel uncomfortable. He said, time in, time out, the Holy Spirit would tell me about different things. And I would just push him off. I would just push him off. I would just push him off. He's like, finally, I went outside. And he said, I held my fist to the sky. And I told, and he told me what he told the Holy Spirit. And there's no way in the world I would ever repeat that. And he said, he told him not to ever talk to him again. He said, he went back in. And he said, from that point on, God doesn't speak to him. He's like, he can do something bad and nothing happens. He said, whatever it was, he's like, in here, all of a sudden, he's like, what the Holy Spirit was pricking me about now has me in jail for six life sentences. And I was like, once again, what did I get myself into? He said, can I tell you? Tell them not to be like me. He's like, tell them not to be like me. He's like, you can see, boy, the tears begin to swell up in his eyes. But he has to keep that mantra that they have in there, that tough guy thinks he's, tell them not to be like me. He's like, I wouldn't be here. He's like, every time my parents see me, they know that their son can't come home. He's like, oh, because I rejected the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit telling you to do? 
Do you need to become a better Christian? Then become a better Christian. Some of us, you need to put your pride down and go see your pastor. <gasps> There's a novel idea. Pastor, I need help. Let me give you scripture, not for everybody, but personally, that's just for you. So you can defeat the devil in your life. Some of us, our prayer lives are handicapped. Our prayer lives won't get off the ground. Our prayer lives are like a hot air balloon tied to a thousand pound anchor. They ain't going nowhere. Some of us, it's time to push aside that sin that's been hindering us. Some of us, we have to be like Elijah. It's time for us to be like Elijah. God made every single one of you for a purpose. Let's serve him together. Let's worship him together. Let's be holy together. I'm tired of our people looking like the world. Tired of our people just being like the world. Oh, I'm not telling you to be one of them weirdos, but I am telling you to be different. I believe we all know what that means. I mean, a grocery store, like, boop, boop, boop. Are you a Christian? Boop. Yeah, I am a Christian. How'd you know? There's just something different. Time for you to get that. I'm not any better than any of you. Just a sinner saved by grace. Time for all of us to realize how important we really are. And if God is no respecter, it's time for us to call down fire. I wonder if we all, just the people in this room, decided to get a hold of God for our nation, what good it would do. Well, we already got a governor that's fighting. Yeah. Bible tells us to pray for our leaders, whether it's our governor or whether it's our president, who are on toll, totally two different extremes. I wonder if we truly pray for him, we had the power of God, God would even change the king's heart, like he talks about. Heavenly Father, we thank you.